Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Aloha. Joining us today, we have Dr. Jackie McDonald. Hi, Jackie. Hi, it's me and you. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) Yeah, we're chatting. For our listeners, it took us a long time to coordinate and so we're so happy that we're together finally in the same stage. Heart. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the same cell phone space. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining. And um, before we begin, because we have so much to talk about, seeing as it's taken us so long to get together, but let's begin with an introduction or a bio of yourself. Sure. So my name is Jackie. That's what I usually go by, Jackie. Some people call me Jack Mac. Some people call me J-Sauce. That's always a weird one, but I'll go with it. Um, I work at Regis College as the program director and program chair of the ABA department uh, and ABA program. So we have both an online and on-ground program there at Regis. And we also have an autism center that I help co-direct where students can uh, get some hands-on experience uh, doing what they learn in the classroom. Uh, in my free time, I like to hang with my friends Diana and Rob at their house in their kitchen. Uh, we co-host a podcast called ABA Inside Track, which Dr. Kelly was graciously a host, um, co-host on in the very beginning. I also like to hike, and I've just tried to be more bendy in my life, so I've been trying some yoga out. Um, and I've been trying to find hobbies, which in my life I didn't have any. <laughs> so I'm trying to be a hobbyist in my spare time. A hobbyist. I like that. A hobbyist. One with many <laughs> hobbies. A hobbyist. I think I may have made that word up, but that's what I've been trying to do. And that was one of my New Year's resolutions, to have more hobbies. To be a hobbyist. I like it. Today, to be a hobbyist. Today I saw online a, a post. In the confessions group, uh, Dr. Shane Spiker said, what's one fun fact about you that has nothing to do with behavior analysis, right? Just something about you. Um, and I thought, wow, that's a really fun question. And we got to see some insight into people's hobbies. Um, but I, I, had to, I had to think about that when I was like, let's see, something that has nothing to do with behavior analysis. It's hard, so, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it was and hard for me, unfortunately. That actually made me a little bit sad. I had this crisis like two years ago, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm just doing a lot of behavior analysis, which is great because I love it, but like, what what else should I be doing in my life, you know, for fun, for hobbying? For hobbying. Well, I think sometimes my struggle with that has been I really love what I do, and I get so much joy out of it. And when you're reinforced by work, I guess it doesn't feel so much like work. But there's still the need to separate, right, and to to, to give our minds a break and our bodies. You mentioned hiking. Yeah. You mentioned yoga, yoga-ing, uh, getting more bendy, I guess you said. Um, let's talk today about that journey for balance. Tell us yeah. where you began. Yeah, so my... I love, I was actually very, like, nervous about coming on the podcast talking about something not behavior analytic because I don't usually talk about things not behavior analytic. So it was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to talk about? And then I was, you know, as I was thinking about this 
like what was going to say. I was like, oh, maybe I'll talk about the Skinner article. Like, what do you do when you have nothing to say? Like, how to help students write? And I was like, but that's behavior analytics, right? I'm like, I'm drawn from the articles, and I should probably think about something that I am excited about. And I'm also at the airport right now practicing work-life balance. Um, I'm going on a girls' getaway weekend with my sister. But, um, but yeah, so, like, two years ago, I guess I had my kid at that time. I was like, I need to do some more things for me so that I don't rip people's faces off. Have you ever felt that way? Mm, yes, just like every day <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like, even if, even if you know, that's, it's a small thing, but, you know, like, after a while, things kind of grate on you, and, and I... I was feeling I was feeling face ripping. Um, a variety of things were going on, but I was like, "Ooh, I should probably like do something about that before I actually rip someone's face off because that could be real messy and like not really who I want to be—a face ripper." You know, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want people to think I'm a face ripper. So I started hiking a lot more I have a dog and at that point I had two dogs and it was really good for my dog because they stopped destroying things in the house because you know they were tired now um and then I started feeling like like a lot happier and a lot calmer and less face rippy um so that was really nice and I live in the northeast and it's pretty snowy a lot of the time or cold at least even if it's not snowy and so I was like, what can I do in the winter? And so then I was like, oh, yoga. I can still hike, but it's still a little more treacherous. Um, and so I started doing yoga, and I'm still not bendy like I want to be. Like, I can't touch my toes. Can you touch your toes? I can. I'm incredibly flexible. Bendy. I'm so jealous. Out of shape in a lot of other ways, though. <laughs> you know, I can't touch my toes. I've never been able to. Um, maybe someday. I will, um, but then I started doing that a couple times a week, and I was talking to a friend who is now a neighbor because I moved, and she's like, yeah, I felt the same way, so we actually started running together in the morning at 5 in the morning. That's, like, stupid, right? Definitely <laughs> up not at my us. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I don't, I don't really like it either, but I love that we're running slowly, in the dark, so we don't have to look at each other. And also, it's like our time to complain about life. It's nice to have a time to complain about life. Um, and so that's been something that's been really helpful for me, I think, to kind of break the I'm always working habit um, and to, to kind of stop and think about, you know, other relationships besides work relationships. Because I am married and have a kid, and so I should probably hang with them and like them a lot, right? And my husband is a behavior analyst, so I, you know, I have to try to think of other hobbies. But the running and, and the hiking and the and the yoga has been really nice. Um, and I'm really glad that I'm doing them. Obviously not all the time, but I think it's given me a little more clarity into, like, who I want to be as a person, not a face ripper. Not a face ripper. That's very poignant. Um, no, really, Jackie, to the point, I also have been struggling with this in my life, um, just in general. And right before we started recording, you had said, yeah, let's talk about that work-life balance. And I thought, 
I wrote it down backwards, so it wasn't really an intentional epiphany. But I thought, what if we called it the life-work balance? Like maybe even isn't, just reframing it. Yeah, isn't that what it should be called, though? Because our life is number one. Like our work is our work, and we might love it, but it's what we do to get paid, right, so that we can eat and do other fun things like travel and, you know, hang out with our families and not have to worry about as much, right? And I think sometimes we forget that just by the name, work-life balance. It should be life-work balance. I love that. It's our yeah, thing. And it, We're taking credit yeah. for it. We're oh, yeah, do it. totally. <laughs> Personal correspondence, 2020. I love when 2020. people write that, in, people write that in, in articles. Personal correspondence. I wrote it on a Facebook post not too long ago, had a nice conversation with Dr. Daniels, Aubrey Daniels, and it wasn't for the podcast. And I wrote personal communication, and someone goes, I can't wait for that podcast. I'm like, oh, I better record the next conversation then. (laughs) Right? Just pop it. You have to have recording devices everywhere you go. You mentioned um, having a partner, having somebody to do things with, and I think when we think about not to make this about behavior analysis too much, but... Sure. It really is. It's about counter conditioning, re caring, setting up those, you know, all of the steps that lead us to access what feels good, like clarity, right? What we find reinforcing. Um yeah. I have I have, you know, crazy schedule, as you know, you have a crazy schedule and connecting with people can be hard. But I have a friend over in D C and we would find ourselves, you know, different times of the day talking on the phone and I would be sitting at my house. So just recently, um, and we did it today, we stick in our headset 5,000 miles apart from each other, and we go on a walk together. It's evening for her. Oh, that's morning so nice. But when I'm talking, I find what I'm doing more enjoyable, or depending on the activity. Um, but that walk is much more enjoyable, and our talking is still enjoyable. So uh, it's getting creative, right? It's getting creative. Yeah. That's why the running is helpful, right? I would never get up at 5 o'clock and run by myself. Never. I'd also probably get murdered. Um, <laughs> right? Darkness and darkness and running doesn't match. But, yeah, it's so true. I think it, and it's not only accountability, but it's also you've set aside time for something that is more than just something that's healthy for you, but it's healthy for, you know, your relationships as well. I like that. Yeah, definitely, right? Well, and you mentioned, too, you know, having friends or family who aren't behavior analysts. So maybe that's not what we're going to talk about. And, yes, that's cool. We can share with them a lot of times really fun stuff that we learned. But I made a joke online one day that my therapist said, hey, you know, do you have any friends who aren't behavior analysts? And I said, of course I do. We're friends, aren't we? I have one. Um, But it's through your hobbies sometimes are through those shared activities that we also branch out and find other community members. And for me, that was doing like a, a paddling activity a couple of years ago. None of us still paddle, but now we have, you know, 40 friends who aren't in the same profession. So yeah, it's important to create that. Where do you, how do you create your circles of friends or how do you think, you know, people who are starting off in this field, right? We, we often gravitate towards our, our classmates and our colleagues, um, how could somebody beginning really kind of be really mindful and set up these opportunities outside of the workplace? Yeah, so I'm going to, full disclosure, it's hard, right? 
I think it's hard because I think if I think about all of my closest friends that are not from, like, high school or elementary school, right, but my closest friends as adults, most of them are from graduate school or most of them are from places where I've worked, so I've met them at work, right, so where a lot of them are behavior analysts. Um, or, you know, like my second, like, subdivision of friends that I hang out with the second most are from high school. So, I mean, like, now I wonder if we would hang, right, because we met in high school and we are different people, but I guess the essence of us, if we're going to talk silly, um, is still the same, right? We're still contacting the same places of reinforcement. But I had a conversation with um, a young woman a couple weeks ago about this because she moved um, to my area for a job and she has, like, no friends, right? Because she moved away from her work colleagues. She moved away from her... Um, from her, you know, all of her family, you know, to come and, and work at my institution. And 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 it's hard. And we were talking, and, like, she's like, I don't want to be friends with people at work. And I was like, that's fair. I mean, no, you don't have to be. And she's like, how do you, like, find friends as an adult? And I think, it, I think you have to get yourself involved in things, right? So you have to find something that you're interested in and, like, find out where those people are. Like, there's, if you're interested in running, but you don't have a neighbor that runs, coincidentally, maybe you join a running group. Or if you're interested in drinking craft beer, which seems to be popular these days, maybe you just go to a brewery and, like, hang out for a little bit, right? Or join in one of those cool afternoon, like, cornhole tournaments that I always am envious of, but I'm, like, very bad at all those types of things. So I think you have to, unfortunately, search out your your verbal community as an adult to, you know, find common interests. And sometimes that can be hard and a lot of work and fairly discouraging, I think, because most of the time those those communities have been established for a while and it may be harder to, to infiltrate, one might say. Uh so I think I think it's just perseverance, persistence, um, and being open to trying new things. Like you said, that paddling experience, you didn't paddle before? No, 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 no. It's just something I said, open house or come by and sit, learn more. Um, and quite That's honestly, awesome. I did it because I'm constantly the one who's leading in the activities I do in my life. And I thought it would be really nice to just go and learn um, and to go and to, to just to just try something new. Yeah. It was scary, yeah. but it was really rewarding. You did it, man. You killed it. I tried that once with ballet. I did not kill it. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't think I would recommend that. If you've never been a dancer in your whole life and you've never taken dance lessons as a child, it's really difficult to be a dancer as an adult. Full disclosure. You got to really put the time in. I thought it would be really easy. I'm like, I'm athletic. I can totally rock this. I could not. Oh, that's like me roller skating a month ago. So, <laughs> oh, friends, fun. Friends, yeah, friends from paddling, right? We all decided to go out for Nancy's birthday and try something I hadn't done since I was 12, maybe. And but we did it, and it was. I mean, it was hilariously a disaster and <laughs> my friends I was like I can't get up or I'll fall down like it was so comical um but it was really nice and you know what you can't do while you're trying to maintain your balance whether it's skating or dancing is 
you can't be on your phone. You can't be reading an article True. if you're not on Facebook. Right. So incompatible conditions, right? I mean. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. That's really fun. I think this. I think this particular topic is especially challenging for for new BCBAs. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I I just think back to, to myself, and that's where I was finding the most contact with, with other behavior analysts. And it's not that we can't do non-ABA things with other behavior analysts. Of course we can. Oh, I hear your airport. That's right. I know. Yeah. My airport's like, it's real life. Karen, <laughs> check what it is. It's here. I've not given it to anyone. <laughs> no. Well, I mean... I, w- I just, for our audience, wanted to kind of joke and mention with Jackie, I said, so you're here on a vacation. You're going to go do your, your trip, <laughs> and yet you're making it a priority to have this conversation today. But, and I should say, um, I thank you so much for doing that because it's been just, just our, you know, comical hit and miss to kind of get on this call to begin with. But, right. But, you know, the, I think... Yeah, the good thing I think about it is, though, like, right now I've carved myself out time in my schedule to do things I want to do. And I really wanted to talk to you. You know, our time difference is hard uh, and our lives are filled. But, you know, like, that's the nice thing is that even if you don't, even if you're not doing, like, the classic thing that I'm doing right now, like flying to Florida for a weekend, I mean, just carving time for you that – you can do whatever you love doing, even if it is, you know, binging season two of you on Netflix, which is so good and quirky at the end. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but, you know, like whatever I don't you, know. Whatever I you, it, did you hear it was good or bad? I heard it was anxiety provoking, so I've been hit, oh, it, holding off. It is. It is. It totally it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. I was sweating. I actually should have taken a picture. I, like, sweated through my shirt while I was watching it. Oh, all right. Well, I'll have to – maybe I'll try it out, but I'm, I'm – I don't know. I'm trying to distance myself from anxiety-provoking situations. <laughs> yeah, maybe not do that then. But, like, <laughs> if that's your jam, right, if you like, like, murder mysteries or you like eating popcorn and drinking wine and watching – and binge-watching a show and that's going to be what's coming for you, then do you, right? Like, you don't have to – you don't have to like become an athletic person if you're if you don't want to be one. You don't have you know it's it's what's going to be what's going to rejuvenate you. You know like set the set the conditions for you know more responding later on because because deprivation is there from work. <laughs> right. You're yeah. Just changing your conditions. Well, it's funny that you should say that because I think a lot about you know don't change the, the learner, you change the environment, right? Right. Um, and mm-hmm. For me, I wasn't outside nearly as much in New England as I am year-round here in Hawaii, and so much of that is, you know, I changed my environment. But in doing so, I also found myself, like you mentioned, somebody new to town, far, far, far away from everyone else, and I was like, how do I meet people? Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people I met were through – the Hawaii Association for Behavior Analysis or other kind yeah. of ABA efforts. Um, and so what I did was I ended up volunteering with Monk Seals. <laughs> so I was like, okay. if other people needed me, I got to meet them, and I never had to tell anybody what I did for a living if I didn't want right. to. Um, I sometimes feel like I get to be a spy, like not a spy, but undercover, right? Be whoever yeah. you want to be today in this group. 
It's I like yeah. that rejuvenate. Yeah. Rejuvenate and get the environment going. Yeah, and and I think I think I think it's that I think it should get easier as we get older, right? Because priorities become more potent. And I think the environment shifts in what's more value altering, I guess, which then will be behavior altering. Um because as when I was like a new newly minted BCBA was like, oh, I have to do all the behavior analyst things. I have to do all the publishing and get the best job. And, you know, like I want people to know who I am. And now I actually don't care. <laughs> I care a little bit, right, because I have to keep my job. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, now that's not as important anymore. What's important is that, you know, the people in my community – we've established relationships, right? And I'm doing things that are interesting to me and not just doing things that I think will be, you know, that will further my career, right? I've kind of stopped doing that because it doesn't really matter, right? We're all going to die. And they're not going to be like, oh, she was so good at her job. <laughs> and they might <laughs> say, like, I might change lives or, you know, you know, my, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to be like, she was a really good at her job. And I'd like to, like, she was a good friend and a good mentor, right, aspects of it. And so I've been trying to shift my priorities to to think about what's going to be the best for for Jackie in the future, like, overall. I've been thinking a lot about um, life expectancy ages uh, and who I oh. know some of the longest uh, life expectancies. Um, I think oh, the average good. is 81, I think, is the average wow. here. Um, and on both sides of my family, we have had uh, my great-grandmother and my great-aunt, 101, 104, and I think, okay, wait a second. So it's really been the last, like, two years that I've started evaluating both my physical and mental health and, you know, like, um, intentionally. I don't want to say I've never done that, but just really intentionally thought, man, I'm not quite yet 40, and if I'm going to live to maybe 100, 105, I've got, like, another 65 years to go. I better figure right. out, like, like you said, and kind of realign and find the priorities. And, and when you do, they become so much more uh, salient, right? And you can just kind of yeah. connect, connect with them. Is this what I'm trying to work towards? Is this what I'm trying to do? So, yeah, those are some really good, I, I think, strategies, advice, you know, volunteering, uh, talking to other people, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, but also realizing that, you're going to be the best behavior analyst or the best doctor or the best, you know, basketball player when you're feeling the best person, right? The best. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. (laughs) We say some good stuff. (laughs) Write some book right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes a stressed out Jackie. We don't need any face rippers at all in our world. Right. It was not cool to have less. Yeah. Less of that around. No need to burn buildings down and rip faces, but we do, I mean, it's, and it's more than, I think, just, I mean, think about the emotions and the feelings that go through this, right? Like you were saying, you know, you might dread running, might have some avoidance behaviors, build in some other motivators, but you, the the reinforcer I heard, I heard you say was clarity. Like yeah. you said, you're contacting clarity. How would you define that um, for us? If I asked you to, which I did. Sure. Oh, shoot. I love this. Um, Maybe I would operationally define it as, um, in non-behavioral analytic terms, like 
uh, more focus so I could I could you know direct tasks better and less and less multitasking which is good like even in my covert behavior so you know when you think about one thing and then you think about another thing and you think about another thing and then you think about another thing that's not actually super helpful because then you forget the first thing that you thought about and I feel like um, all of the things that I started to do for, for my hobbying have helped uh, eliminate that those like back and forth conversations in my head on my covert verbal behavior to focus on one thing at a time, which is nice, even if it's uncomfortable, right? So during running, I might be like, oh, God, I hate this. Oh, this is the worst. Oh, I feel sick. Oh, my legs are falling off. But then, you know, it's over. And I'm like, oh, I did that. And I'm like, okay. And then I feel like um, everything is a little easier to do for some reason. Well, I think for people, myself included, we don't have any reinforcer sampling. We're not contacting the reinforcers. Right. Physical activity or, or whatever it is. Um, but what I, I love, I love your on-the-spot definition, Jackie. I thought I could really connect <laughs> with what you were saying. And in this journey for myself, um, being present is what it's come down to. And yeah. I was finding myself, if I had an appointment like in an hour, for the next, like I'd be okay for five minutes. And then the next 55 minutes I'd be like, don't forget you have that thing to do. Oh, yeah, and then when you do that, don't forget this. And then also, and I'd just be making yes. a mental, like, to-do list. And I mm-hmm. started explaining that, and someone said, you're having a hard time being present. And when it was framed mm-hmm. that way, I thought, oh, that feels like a behavior I can target and tackle. Yeah. So that that was part of why I was like, you know, I, I understand, I think, what you meant by clarity. But um, for me, when, when I got to that piece, I was like, oh, there's a behavior change, like, target. Be right. present. You know, things that we were just saying are incompatible. I tried wood burning. Let me tell you, if you do anything else while you're using a hot soldering burning tool, you're going to feel the pain of it. So you really just, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you're in it. You cannot do anything else. You're in it. Um, wow. So you mentioned running cool. and yoga-ing. What are some other things that you hope to add or expand to your hobbyist lifestyle? So, yeah, so my family, I have an ex- I have a really large extended family, and they're all really good crafters. Like, they all can, like, knit and crochet literally anything that you ask them to do. And I'm, like, kind of jealous. Not kind of. I actually am really jealous that, that they can do that, that, that they know that skill and they can like make a hat in one minute make a scarf <laughs> make slippers um and so for my new year's one of my new year's resolutions this year is to learn how to knit and not quit because <laughs> i've tried probably 10 times and i get to like that second line or whatever and i screw up and then i'm like ah right but that's not really how life should be you know there should be a little bit amount of persistence there so I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to make a scarf. That's like the easiest thing. And if it doesn't work out, it'll be a washcloth. Right? It'll just be a tiny, tiny scarf. <laughs> washcloth. Tiniest um, Yeah. And try to, I'm going to try to do it. You know, I, there's a knitting club at my university that I've gone to a couple times and just sat there and watched them. But I should actually do something there. So I'm going to join the knitting club. 
meets on Thursdays during lunch, which is kind of exciting. They all know how to knit, but I don't. Um, and I want to someday go back to learn some other language because I only know English, which is unfortunate, um, I think. And so that is, I've been trying the Duolingo app because it seems fun and easy. And I don't play, I don't play games. I don't like play games. I'm not like a gamer. I get bored easy. I only can play World 1 and Mario over and over again. Uh, <laughs> and so the Duolingo app is helpful because it's only like five minutes. And I feel like I can, you know, I'm getting towards something. Yeah. Let me ask you this question because this is uh, something I struggle with as well. Do you ever set a rule for yourself, like, for example, I'm going to do five minutes on the Duolingo app, and then you say, hey, you can't tell me what to do, you. I'm not going to follow that rule. Does that ever happen? Does that happen to you? I do that specifically with Starbucks. So I love the chai tea lattes at Starbucks more than anything, I think. And But you know they're not great for you. They're pretty bad for you, actually, when you get them every day. And expensive. <laughs> um, so I like every Sunday I'm like, all right, I'm going to set this rule that you have to do certain things and then you can get your Starbucks and you only should get it twice this week, right? You're trying to like knock down. You have a ton of tea at home. You can drink that. Same thing. Um, but then as I'm driving to work and I pass one, I'm like, you can't tell me what to do, self. I earned this. I woke up <laughs> and I'm in the car. I'm stopping. And now I like, to the point where the baristas all know my name. They know my child's name. They know what I want. I don't even have to order anymore, which is, like, kind of bad, right? Like, <laughs> good and bad in a sense. Um, and they only know my name. They know me like, three different Starbucks, which is also kind of bad. Um, yeah, it does tell you that your rules without outside contingencies are fairly ineffective. <laughs> rules without outside contingencies. I like that. You know, there are some rules I make up, I follow them. Wow, I should have tried making that rule a long time ago. Like, yeah, I mean, we know a lot about behavior. We know a lot about behavior change, and we also know a lot about failing to change our own behavior. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> makes us uh, prime for some of these conversations, for sure. You know, when you were saying to knit and not quit, I feel like that's a great hashtag, bumper sticker, and book title. So don't it forget is. that one. Ooh. Yeah, once you get there, you're going to be like, I can teach you how to knit and not quit. And we would all be like right? dancing at your motivational speaking engagements. I see this in your yeah. future. I Only if you go, woo, 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 woo. Oh, yeah, like Arsenio Hall, like way back when. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I can do that. I can do yeah. the motion. Only I if I can do the noise. Okay. We'll work on Only it. if you do that. All right. Well, that's fair. I'll come do it. I'll come do it. I'll bring Thank bring you. some people, some people from paddling, some behavior analysts. We'll have a mixture. It'll be okay, great. good. I like that. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Well, we've talked about some fun things, and we're still having some fun talking. Before we get off the call, you mentioned your podcast already and that you're working at Regis. I want to give you an opportunity to give shout-outs to anybody, including the baristas at Starbucks, or to give us an update on <laughs> any cool and exciting things you've got going on. I want to give you that moment. Oh, sure. I, uh, I'm i going to give a shout-out to Gary. Gary at the Starbucks. I love that guy. He would never listen to podcasts, but I love him. love him so much. Kind of sad how much I love him. Um, and to, you know, uh, my AB Insights tra- uh, track crew, Diana and Rob, but they're good. They're good supporters of things. Um, you know, my hubs, my kid. She's cute. 
Uh, I'll keep her around for a while until she's 18, probably. And <laughs> yeah, I think to all of to you know, I think it, it's a good shout out to everyone that's trying to to do better, right? Better themselves, better our world, better the better their communities. Like way go you, keep doing it, keep being you. I love that way to go you. I think we need to go you. hear that. Yeah, we have it programmed now on the podcast. So anytime you or me or any of our listeners need to hear it, it'll be Jackie's podcast, and you'll hear "Way to Go You." Say Way to go you. <laughs> Way yeah. to go you. <laughs> I feel motivated. I, Jackie, me too. I, really, I, I thank you for for being on the podcast again for your persistence with it, especially with sharing the journey and the vulnerable parts of all of it. We do fail sometimes. We flub. We're trying, and as long as we keep trying for balance, at least we're measuring what's in our life. And we can can kind of maybe tell if it's too much of one and not enough of another. Um, My fear with this permission that we've been given to live our lives is I was like, well, what if I never go to work again? And they're like, well, well, you're going to have to. Those contingencies (laughs) are still in play. So I won't end up with too much life and not enough work, but... Here's to us and everyone trying to figure out that life-work balance. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have an updated page on self-care, but I think it should occur. And so I'm going to reach out to you, and that doesn't mean because you're an expert, but because you're excited about it and passion propels us forward. So, yeah, we'll try to get that get that out there. So for anyone who's looking forward to it, you can find it in the future at www.behaviorbabe.com. <laughs> 